0: This podcast contains adult content, so if you've got little ears in the car, you may want to turn it down. We also go deep into the emotional, spiritual, and energetic worlds, so please open your hearts and proceed with care.
1: As soon as your outer vestments are in hand, we begin.
0: I'm here. Step. You and your woo woo woo.
1: That's what I'm saying. Not ashamed of it and that's who I am. Unfortunately today the spirits are true. No, it's fine.
0: Yes, of course they're serious. Welcome to the Woo Woo a deep dive into energy, self and soul awakening. I am one of your hosts, Kirly. And I'm Lynette. And we are both intuitives. We are energy workers. Although I realised that um, I went through this period at parties recently when I would say to people I'm an energy healer and then they'd be like, I'm sorry, did you say energy dealer? (laughs) Uh, And so now I just say yes. So we're intuitives. We are energy (laughs) dealers. And we are here to help you understand your energy system and learn to navigate your energy
1: system. The world of energy, vast and miraculous. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I personally am so am for what we're talking about today um, uh, because we're talking about the journey of the self through the self and to the self, right, which is what it's all about.
1: Yeah, we've been talking a lot about the energy system and how we live within that. But to understand how to drive that, we have to understand who we are. Just, and Just to tiny little question then or we only seem to ask tiny questions in this podcast don't we i don't think we're going to ask any tiny (laughs) questions there are no tiny questions when you're looking at a woo-woo verse but there is something that is really important for us to uncover and it's the fact that if you're going to build awareness of your energy system which ignites intuition and i guess clairvoyance or psychic development what needs to run alongside of that for it all to be balanced and safe is personal awareness Mm.
0: and And calling all the parts of yourself back in
1: yes so we've been looking at the big woo-woo verse out there and last time we looked at all the spiritual realms in a sort of beginning way and we've also talked about the energy system that runs through us as a human being and we could have really thought about entering the inner woo-woo verse through any aspect of that energy system. But when we spoke about it, we thought, okay, well, what I've noticed over the last 20 years is that if you start at the bottom, which is the base chakra, Mm -hmm. the one that sits over the hips, it's red, and the energy runs down the legs into the earth. And if you start there, what happens is looking into that awareness, that sort of anchor that puts you into the earth body the energy that governs your origin where you've come from your family and how that all anchors you in this moment time and space it has a dramatic effect Mm -hmm. on the rest of the energy chakras and system above it and that's why i think it's really important that we start here and look at some of the key experiences and awarenesses that come around that energy because it really can make a very big difference in the energy that's coming in and out of that physical world that you're living. And often the energy with the base chakra is the stuff that happened to us before we were aware, was how we came into the physical world. It's a lot of subconscious and very deep unconscious Mm -hmm. core long-term memory. It's all the things that perhaps happened to us before we could as an adult draw a line or govern our own reality. So it's very deep work and it starts in a place where I guess you turn the gaze inward and rather than, you know, focusing on becoming all, ah, you actually look at what's been going on in your life, in the real world and starting to navigate some of that energy and awareness starts moving, if you like, the ley lines of your energy in the base chakra. It's literally like opening a pump and letting water or energy, um, which looks like water through the body, down out into the earth. So you get a new energetic rush through your body and it hits the earth in a different way. And then Mm -hmm. actually energy in turn starts coming back into your system. And also, as I've spoken about before, so does awareness, ideas, even like the feeling that you can redirect your life or get back on track can come from looking at these things that are often frequencies and energetic vibrations that we hold in that area of our system. How about this, huh? Isn't this nice? You can see everything from up here. Look, there's inductive reasoning, there's déjà vu, there's language processing, there's déjà vu, there's critical thinking, there's déjà vu. And hey, look at this guy's memories. We can to a certain degree live in a version of ourselves for a very long time that has been told to us by somebody else and there's a point in our life where we wake up and ask the question who am I
0: and I think there's a version of ourselves as well sometimes that we try to sell to other people as well especially in like an Instagram age right my friend Mm. Katie calls it the avatar version of the self Mm. where you're like I'm gonna get up and." 4am and Very I'm going to meditate <laughs> for five hours and you're not, it's it's fine. You're not going to get up at 4am. Stop pretending yeah. that you are like get in touch with who you actually are. That, that is a beautiful starting point. Who you want to be, not such a great starting point.
1: It, we live in an age where this is going to become more and more important because it's all about Definitions of reality that we're creating and to find one that is actually authentic Mm. Amongst that is going to be very interesting for people growing up in an age where they Had always had an avatar self in a way Whenever I start to work with people around this I like to start with asking them to Do a timeline of their life and we've talked about that before but It's so profound to go back and mark in all the things that you can remember that Mm. were pivotal in your life. As one of my favourite authors, Clarissa Pinkola Estes, from the book Women Who Run With The Wolves wrote, she said it's good to pin things down. And funny things happen when you see things on paper and you work on a project like that around yourself. You see where you're missing places in your life energy I can't remember Um, I don't want to remember oh that went on for longer than I thought it did I've had more than two drinks every day for the last seven years Um, Wow I've been broken up by three men in exactly the same way and I crashed each time reinvented myself lost 30 kilos and you know, like you start to see patterns.
0: It was remarkable for me when I did my timeline and finally stood back and looked at everything. And one of the biggest stories I took or the biggest changes for me was I'd had this story and it's such a white privilege story. And now that I look back that this was my story, I'm so embarrassed. But the story I had was I did everything myself. I've never been handed anything. I've never been given anything. It's just pulled myself up by my bootstraps and that. So then I was coming from this place of feeling like I didn't have enough or I wasn't being supported or I was alone in the world. And then I did the timeline and I stood back and I was like, Shit, I have been held in the hands of God my entire life. I could see the connections. I could see the point where it could have gone really bad, but instead, I was picked up and carried forward and then and all yeah, and all of a sudden I yeah. could get humble and I could get grateful, and it opened up this these reservoirs inside of me that I hadn't been able to access before
1: and I love to get the coloring pencils out and make red for you know really angry or dark times green for times where love entered or a friend entered um, yellow for a successor achievement so you really can kind of look at it almost like a color code and look at what's been happening in your journey and so many people will say to me you know Lynette I was told I had the most amazing childhood or and there were great things about it but there were four years that I can't remember or I was actually very sad or I was doing things to my myself that would be considered self-harm. So to go back and have a look on paper and see yourself outside of yourself is a fantastic thing to do. And I want to acknowledge that
0: it can be confronting because I teach this to my clients and some of them, especially if they've had difficult times, are like, I don't even want to go there. I don't even feel like I can even start to write it all out because then I'll have to face it and you know we're talking about gathering all the parts of yourself having to face the parts of yourself isn't always easy so I always recommend to make it fun to go slow to go steady to make it fun get a buddy a buddy buddy that you trust that
1: you know that you have really good rapport with the other thing um, many 12-step recovery groups will start with that kind of arrangement as well where they'll ask someone to take a bit of an inventory of their life and it's a safe place to go in um, many places in the world and also to find somebody who's a psychologist or a counsellor and support. trained in this work. But yep. that's where I will always start. And the other thing I always say to people to do is draw a big tree on a big piece of butcher's paper and write down anything you know about your family. And that always stuns people too because there's a lot of myths in families and there's a lot of missing pieces. So a lot of people will say to me, I have no idea what the women were doing after my mother back from that era. I have what were women doing. It wasn't written down. And they have to go back and retrieve stories. And it's amazing watching people go, I could bring my great aunt in and I got on the phone to her and wow, didn't I find out some things that were family secrets that were never passed on. That makes sense. For example, I had no idea that most of the women in one side of my family had given birth to twins and another child very quickly after, almost to the point that they were considered Irish triplets. And then what did you? Had a family reunion. (laughs) I went to. (laughs) And four other women turn up and say, Oh my goodness, we can't believe that you've had exactly the same patterning in your birth process as we
0: did. And it's and- so remarkable, isn't it? Because we know, like we know um, a lot of us know our parents, a lot of us know our grandparents, but beyond that, even though these people are, they're our blood, they're our genetics,
1: it gets hazy. We just don't even know. There are rifts. So one of the mm. reason I'd never met that side of the family is that there was a very large group of boys back in one of the lines of my family that had had a little rift and everybody had decided to go their separate ways. So even though we all lived in the same city, we were never bought together. And it wasn't until someone passed away in my family recently that there was a reach out to get connected. And what was great about it is when those women saw me with my three children <laughs> racing around and saw me looking a little bit like, yeah, I can't really manage them all cause they're wild Brumbies. One of the women came over to me and said, it's going to be okay. These are my three sons. They were exactly like that when they were your kid's age. We couldn't, you know, rock up at anyone else's house without them pretending that they weren't home. Um, And you're going to find your feet with this. And it was like, wow, that just took me to connect with somebody who was from my own lineage to realize that I wasn't such an anomaly And that allows you to call in the parts of yourself Mm. that you didn't even know were out there, right? Yes. So this has all got to do with, you know, social and humanistic psychology. This has been a big field of study for a long time. How do we know we exist? How do we know the I? There's a whole lot of um, study being done around what they call the looking glass self, finding out who you are. By what other people think of you, which is you can see how that on social media becomes very, very complicated yep. when you start reading yourself through likes and dislikes and unfollows and cancel culture. But also, and this is where I think we bring the power back, is it is about us taking that beautiful moment where we wake up and go, hold on, I'm not Lynette going to the store. I am going to the store. That I, who's that I? I. And as soon as you start waking up and realize there's an I and you want to know who that I is, that's the moment that some magic door opens where you get to go, wow, I need to get to know this person.
0: And it's a real invitation for compassion as well. I think back before I did this work and when I was quite divorced from myself, it was really easy to have the script that I ran in my head where, well, you're fat and you're dumb and you're an idiot. And, you know, because I wasn't connecting with her. I wasn't embracing her. I would really kind of fractured from her mm. and it was just a little bit easier to be like, well, you're, you're a dumb POS, aren't you? And then as soon as I started bringing her back in and embracing myself and getting to know myself, I'm like, well, no, if anybody else spoke to me like that, the friendship would be
1: over. So why am I speaking to myself like well, that? Well, they say an inside voice was an outside voice yes, once. at some point, yeah. And that's why the timeline is so powerful because you can go back and have a look at these little doorways and what they call this most vulnerable part of ourselves is the inner child. That's what it's become known. I have so much space in my heart for inner child work.
0: (laughs) I'm so excited to be speaking about this.
1: Yeah, and we can't talk about the inner child without paying homage to John Bradshaw, who I think back in the day bought it out like Oprah, into the universe of our culture to say, this is important. There's something within us that if we heal this aspect, we don't just heal ourselves, we heal our relationships, we heal our communities. So this inner child, Now the McDonald's ad, does anyone remember the McDonald's ad? Where the little children were walking around outside of themselves and the adult was taking the child to McDonald's. I do not remember that. Uh, It's such a a beautiful ad in a sense because it actually is what it looks like when I work with groups and they do inner child work and I ask them to bring a photo of their inner child and their little person and put it in front of them and some people say, I don't have one single photo of myself. Mm. So I get them to draw what they think that, might, little child might look like. As soon as the it comes into the awareness, it almost looks like that little energy of that person is sitting next to them. And that ad reflects it so well. I think what's interesting is once you've found them, you have to get to know them. And that's the discovery process of working out who other people told you that little person was, which is what you're talking about, where you've got All those tapes and thoughts and feelings about yourself going, hold on. Like, why did I never wear yellow? And it's because once someone said, oh my gosh, people with your complexion never wear yellow. And then realizing that wasn't my thought, that was somebody else's thought. And once you can start doing that and come in touch with the feelings, which is where it gets really juicy, is to understand that there are so many feelings in that little person that may not have been heard or felt. And this moves in eras. So you know, I remember going home to my mother when I was like twenty-four or twenty-five, and I started my inner child work, which is hilarious because you're kind of still an inner still a child, bit of a child, yeah. yeah. But um, it was time because. A lot of stuff was coming up and I was telling her what I was doing. And she's kind of looking at me like, wow, <laughs> why would you go digging into that? You know, she's from an era where yes. that's, she's fine. She doesn't need to go back. She says it's okay. And so I was really strange to her, I think, that yeah. I wanted to dig so deep into myself. But in fairness, it wasn't that I wanted to, it was Bursting out of me, I wasn't comfortable. I was anxious. I was incredibly stressed by life, and I and I didn't know why. Yeah,
0: that this inner like any of that stuff that's going on. This inner child work is a balm for, especially if you've got patterns and you're like, why. Why do, why do I keep dating the same person? Why do I keep burning out the same way in the same job? Why? And all the patterns in my life that I've ever been like, okay, this is the 25th time this is turn up. And I've tried to heal it, I've tried to understand it, and I can't. You take it back to where that pattern began. It's all about resolving it back to the source,
1: right? Which is in the your original childhood. the yeah. original crux of that experience for sure holds the kernel of energy that kind of ricochets through your system. And that's like where to... you
0: can take it back and heal it and Yeah,
1: and I like to describe it as though if the energy system kind of looks like masses of horsehair running of light, you know, electrical circuits running through your body, then there are little knots in some Mm. of those circuits and their moments or rememberings of when things kind of were shameful or you were told you weren't allowed to speak or that was a secret. Like I've read people who have seen horrible things within their family and they're not allowed to speak about it. And then they'll go to try and use their voice in adult life and not be able to, and wonder why. And then we keep working on it and they'll say, wow, I made an agreement back in 1979 when I was six. And I said, I will never speak out loud unless I'm asked for my opinion. And now I have a job where I'm expected to speak out loud and I can't do it. Or a destiny. You know, that's the big thing is usually your destiny or your pull of greater force will guide you back to where you need to heal. So the inner child we need to look about where our ba- we we'll look at where our basic needs were met and weren't met again that can be quite confronting and painful yeah. and we can be told have you've been given everything and i always loved you and i was always there for you but there's different types of neglect right so someone can be buying everything that is required but maybe never asked are you okay or when it was nighttime and someone was crying they weren't soothing One of the things I really like about this work is that it's not actually about trashing your parents.
0: It's an invitation to parent yourself and opportunity to heal your own hurts. And it's really powerful in that you can do this work even if your parents are no longer on this planet, even if you've had to cut them out of your life because they're toxic, you still have the chance to go back and give yourself
1: everything that your parents, for whatever reason, couldn't. Yeah. And we probably need to say to all those parents who were the patterns of this in the 90s when we all started digging up our inner child that... They probably copped a lot of, you know, it's you and that a lot of movies talk about that and I think we've moved to a point where when we're guiding people to do inner child work, we try and look for the positives because I always describe it as though, you know, the pearl is made from the grit. And, you know, there are days I can't do everything for my kids and I can't fulfill every need, especially because they came as multiples. I was from the minute they were there, I was like, I cannot fulfill your every need every minute. And then I started to realize that's part of my job actually is not to fulfill every need, but I am there to process the pain around that or the agreement we have or for you to understand why it's not my job to fulfill it. And as long as you've got that energy and dialogue, I guess we're moving forward as a generation, but going backwards, you don't have to have that conversation if your parent isn't awake or aware of it. It is our job to heal within ourselves. And it's taking the responsibility for the self, which
0: I really love about this work. It's the only way power. Right? To be, Yeah. yeah, exactly. To be powerful, to be authentic, to celebrate your role as the person who knows you best, to step into your spiritual adulthood.
1: Well, if we sit in what we call the wound of the inner child, we need to understand her or him and we need to find them. And those moments, you know, towards finding our inner child can be some of the most profoundly awakening in our life. I know for me, the first time I ever saw my little girl in a corner facing to the back, not wanting to speak to me and having to go and find her was something I will never forget. And it was a game changer. Yes, total game changer. And then my beautiful therapist, Joan Campbell, who had retrieved herself from darkness and became a helper, um, was so beautiful at the end of that session. She said, Now go home and parent and nurture that child like whatever you were recovering from has just happened. Treat her so well, like she's your project. And like treating yourself so well, just magical. Now, why is all this important when we're talking about energy? The reason this is important and where it fits into the intuitive and energetic world is when we grow up, we're not, 10 anymore. We're 25. We have to develop an adult self. Now, if we haven't done this work or someone hasn't helped us self-conceptualize, what we do is we form something called the adapted adult child. So we know how to dress ourselves. We know how to pack our bags. We know how to get to work. We're, you know, we're out there, we're having sex, we're making relationships, maybe making babies. And then all of a sudden the wheels start coming off and what happens is we realize that that is not a true adult mature adult self it's a childlike adult self so it's a, ch- a child functioning because like an adult you look normal yeah but scratch the surface because nothing about our lives as adults is the same as our lives
0: as children right like you said we have money we have jobs we have power we can make our own decisions but we're still running we're still looking at the world like we did when we were five years old even though the world has completely changed we have not in many ways
1: yes because the one of the big issues with our society is where are the elders The grandparents, the story holders, the men who can pass wisdom on to young men who haven't yet had families who maybe had an affair and then recovered with their wife or their partner from it and want to share forward about why that's probably not the best decision we have been lacking elders so we have to be kind to ourselves because i think we've been out in the woods pushing the boundaries doing the best we can but a lot of us have been adapted adult children and what happens is we form codependent relationships and experiences where we plug into people which we'll talk a little bit more about but it gets really messy and what happens is when the wheels fall off usually crashes in a big way and, and you ended up marrying your mother or you married your father. You repeated those relationships. Settlements. Yeah, right. And what happens is that we are called then to do the work of the inner child, to go back and heal those little parts and aspects of self. And there's use, I've got to say, there's sometimes more than one aspect of the inner child. We are very good at presenting different things to different people when we're little. So we can disassociate and fragment a little bit. And we have to go back and find out all the little parts of ourselves, pull them all together and get them functioning. And the way we do that, as we described, is learning how to parent ourselves and being okay. conscious. If I do that, then that's going to lead to that consequence. Maybe I'm not going to eat sugar every single day. It's not a wonderful well, thing for me to do.
0: It's interesting that you bring up numbing behaviours because that's, in my own personal experience, in a child work is how I have healed all of my numbing behaviors. Like whatever Mm. it was that I was doing to numb the pain never actually fixed the pain. It just numbed it. And then when it was time to go, all right, I need to resolve this from the source, it all went back to childhood. And embracing my inner child and caring for her and loving her is especially when I was at the point where I'm like, I'm really, I'm just gonna smoke 55 cigarettes right now. Like Mm. here I am, the packets in my hand, let's go. That's how in the moment I could break the cycle as well. It'd be like, oh little curly,
1: let's have let's have a little chat rather than smoking that cigarette, shall we? Yeah. And 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 whether that's soothing yourself with cigarettes or sex or love or you know any of the good stuff yeah. it's really easy when you've when you've got no inner connection that's fortified to want to look for it externally, externally. and yeah. as we said because the inner child holds so many feelings and it's it's interesting in our society because we don't actually have a lot of chance to build emotional intelligence I we're mean, not really taught are we no like i'll say to somebody how are you feeling and they'll go angry and i go is it anger frustration irritation rage <laughs> there's yeah, actually a spectrum down, yes. and and we are just sometimes not even taught to feel
0: yeah and so i grew up in a family where we just didn't speak. talk about our emotions we didn't speak we didn't talk about emotions nobody ever told me how to feel i had to figure and so i didn't I was carrying that emotionally rudderless inner child around with me until I became an adult and sorted that shit out myself and through you and through other work that I've done taught myself and then could go back and teach little
1: me how to take care of her emotions. I didn't come from a family where we didn't talk about things. We talked about everything, but we didn't necessarily get to a solution so I came from a really big family of feelers where the emotions and the energies were going everywhere but there was no one to finally come to the end of it all and go okay so what I think is happening here which is probably as the eldest why I got Mm. really good at working out what we could do to resolve it all so there's gifts in everything that happens to us Mm. but it's our job to go back and knit it all back together. What are some signs of a wounded inner child? The signs of the wounded inner child are really when you feel like you are constantly unsafe, mm, constantly yep. craving or hungry mm-hmm. in terms of not just food. Like, uh, you know, I can't sit still. I don't want to be with myself. Yep. Um, we play the same emotional drama out on, over and over and over with others. Again and again and again. And then
0: it can turn up as well with like disordered eating or self-harm
1: Chaos, or lack life of boundaries. Flow. Yep. Um For me, one of the signs, again, was that I just, I had multiple car accidents. Yeah, right. And it wasn't always me running into someone else. Sometimes people would run into me. I just wasn't ordered. I wasn't grounded. You know, sometimes I would notice that people would speak to me and i wasn't i was in observation mode like i wasn't present in the experience does that make sense i was disassociated from my body it was like it was happening to someone else yeah for me as well it was fear of authority figures Mm. like i would either just absolutely
0: push up against you even though you were just like the dude on the train who was checking the ticket, like it's fine, it's not a big deal, or I would run from fear. I couldn't. I found it really difficult to just comfortably sit in
1: front of an authority figure. I'd always have a big reaction to it one way or the other. I think many people experience that where it's an unconscious reaction to something that they right. haven't really assessed. So yeah, that's, yep. that's where you get really down into things that are very personal that you've started to create patterns around. So how far back do we even need to go when we're doing this work? So we've talked about the timeline in the genetic tree. I also like to have a bit of a dig around the birth script, how you were conceived, what was going on for mum and dad, um, how things were during the time of you being in the womb and then the actual birth day. And people say, wow, that something I never even really thought about or my mum never talked to me about. Because in some families it's really not discussed, is it? My dad was not allowed yes. in the birthing suite. Yeah. He was off having pizza or something or worrying about my mum having pe- being told to go and have pizza and missed that oxytocin moment, you know, that very important moment to lock eyes with me when I was first born. Whereas 15 years later, he was present with my sister in the room from the minute that she was born holding her yeah, while so my much, mother was looking after herself. So much change, So different. Birth scripts are phenomenal. And I have worked with some of the best breath workers in the world. And um, breath work has had some interesting um, journeys, but very yin and very um, authentic breath work works from birth patterning. And I guarantee that if you go back and find out what was going on around your birth, whether you had to be forceped through or, you know, some people talk about the feeling that they were, they just didn't want to come. They weren't ready to come. And their mum says, yep, you were way overdue. And they'll say, when we're ready to do a project, don't force me. I have to do this in my own time. And what do you do if you can't talk to your mum? You can't talk it, to your dad. It is a challenge. That's where breath work comes in. A really good breath worker will understand the work around a birth script and they will help you lie down, breathe, and journey back through the the energetic memory of your birthing experience. But it needs to be gentle. Yep. This work is intrinsically connected to um, some of the deepest feelings we have in our nervous Powerful system. and shit, our, yes. and, and sometimes pain and yep. fear yep. and you need people to hold you. But it's also a completely ecstatic and joyful experience to gather yourself and realise you're multifaceted and that you have a capacity to manage this energy that is you. And it's how awareness. wonderful
0: to just even realise, because it's so obvious but it's so uh hidden as well you were born there was a time before you existed you weren't here and then you were here and here you are like if you want to talk about who am I and reclaiming the parts of yourself even just being able to stand in wonder at your own existence
1: that's a pretty good way to start the day and and start to get in touch with yourself this is the stuff I wish that alongside of all the other wonderful things we're learning, we could talk about this, but you can see why it's so difficult to get it there because it might rub someone around the wrong way that they weren't present at the birth mm-hmm. or maybe they were considering, you know, voluntary abortion. And, you know, there's so many things to this that I guess society isn't ready for. Yeah but we have the capacity and there are people who work in this field but we can go on that journey and any of people who do i think usually say as long as you don't get stuck in the wounding yep. you know and don't it doesn't reform another part of your identity to be this wounded mm, human I mean, always keeping in mind what's the power in this what's the what's the joy what's the gift what's great about this how, wh- how does this grit make my pearl and to acknowledge that your parents were people as
0: well and they were doing their best and maybe their best was pretty terrible, but that that's, that's
1: the reality as well. Like we're all kind of doing our best. And One of my um, colleagues, Denise, who I work with is very long-term breath worker, always says that was then and they did their best and just because you grew up with it, you don't have to grow old with it. I like that. And part of this is about the forgiveness or the understanding that potentially there is a karmic choice in the way you came. We were talking about this the other day, that you had a speech impediment when you were little. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh no. And, And it was the best thing
0: that ever happened to me. I used to speak like this. And then it sounded terrible and then I had to do speech therapy and because I did speech therapy I fell in, I had to learn how to use my voice in a way that everybody else just knew how to use their voice. I didn't and because I had to learn how to use my voice I ended up working in radio for 15 years. It was like and every job I've ever had is me using my voice. It was the best thing that ever happened to me but at the time it was going down. Nobody was high-fiving each other that their daughter had a lisp. Like Mm -hmm. it was not, the blessing was
1: yet to be seen, Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. And there are traumas in my childhood where I think my psychic ability and my ability to call in support in some very terrifying situations where I probably fractured and needed to be made whole again after the experience ignited an ability and a sense that other people don't have access to every day and And it's it's helped me forgive those things that happened potentially even consider that they were preordained
0: and again taking the power back and stepping Mm. into our spiritual adulthood that's what that's what we do with
1: our inner child i love to say there's a superhero in you you have an origin story She's got a case. She's got an origin story. Yep. She's got a she's she got her some undies kind on the of, outside. <laughs> she's got some kind of superpower. She has things that are her kryptonite. So there are things mm. from my traumas that I know are my kryptonite. At one point my counselor used to say if there is a man and he is not available, that is your kryptonite. Yeah, you right. are not to go there. That is not your person. And that that is 100% true. But I had to learn that because yep. that triangulation was part of my life and my childhood.
0: And otherwise you do kind of think, why does this keep happening to me? Why does that married yeah. man who's unavailable see keep it turning as up in my life,
1: right? For some people that's an addiction. It's alcohol. It's cocaine. It's It's gambling. You know, mm. I, and you need to know your kryptonite in your superhero story. You also need to know what your um, powers are in terms of what you're here for. What's your crusade? How could you, how could what happened turn into something that you do that goes on to be a legacy for yep. other people? Whoa. What happened to you? Well, I defeated my father in the ultimate battle of good versus evil. Afterwards, I was reborn as pure energy, an all-powerful force of good. Now I pretty much keep the whole universe in balance. Just saved a planet. Good job. So you're like a celestial goddess or something? It's a living.
0: And what role does shame play mm-hmm. in all of this? Because it, it's in childhood that we are taught, learn what is considered shameful for a lot of us, right?
1: What, it, what is considered... Um, Normal, yeah, and abnormal, disapproved of, yes, healthy yep. shame, toxic
0: shame, and it's that idea as well that's like there's nothing that shame is not going or there's something wrong with what I've done. It's there is something wrong with me. I am broken. Yes,
1: you're. It, you become the context mm-hmm. rather than saying um, I was amongst sadness or I felt sad, it's I am responsible. So we take it in and I remember when someone drew me a diagram, they said, you didn't put it out on the table in front of you. You took it right in and owned it and said, I'm going to hold that for the rest of my life. And I'm going to remember that every time I'm around that again, it's probably me. And then you keep bumping into things to try and help you let, you know, it's there and you just create the same thing again. If you don't have, there's that word again, awareness. The more awareness you have, the more you will put things out on the table in front of you and assess them, Mm -hmm. roll them around, get opinion and then say, right, well, maybe the power in that is that I don't do that again or I don't um, do it that way or maybe that situation is just not right for me. And so it becomes external rather than internalized all the time. And that's that internal pain that creates what we call the shadow. So it says... I don't want you to know that I have shame about my body. So I pretend I don't have shame about my body to the outside world, but I go home and I scar myself or I don't eat or I torture myself at the gym or I display as though I would have sex with everyone and yet I'm sexually anorexic. I don't have sex and I don't have healthy sex because I'm fearful of vulnerability and intimacy. It's such good news
0: that you can heal your own shame.
1: It's you, wonderful, isn't it? Oh,
0: it's, it's a reset for your life. It's setting yourself free from the boundaries that you've kind of put yourself in when you were really little
1: and now you've finally learnt to bust your way out of. It's a game changer. John Bradshaw, Healing the Shame that Binds, will put that book and the right title in the show notes because right. it is one of the landmark books that I believe kind of came along to change our opinion of shame. And it, he also took talks about... Um, the concept that we don't want to pass that shame on and he talks about the shame of family secrets yeah. and how they can last for three generations and that we can be the first people in our generation to break the ricochet of shame through our family.
0: As I read people, it's one of the messages that I get quite frequently as well, especially if people are asking about, oh, this has been going on in the family. Can we fix it in my generation? And the answer that tends to come back is we have never been better equipped. Like our parents, our grandparents, they didn't have the language we have. They don't have the For tools sure. and techniques. Absolutely. They didn't – this this wasn't a conversation in their time. If not now, when?
1: Like you we, have the power to heal we this We do have now. the power in this generation to yeah. heal this. And, and the and, kids – and the kids it, coming below us even more. Oh right? yeah, my my children will stand up and say, "Mummy, that's not my feeling." I mean, they know. Yes, I know you were angry this afternoon, and you might need. They've said to us, "Why don't you go and have a little lie down?" <laughs> they've okay. said back to me what I say. Maybe this isn't the best time to continue playing with the Lego if you're frustrated. Maybe go and take a little lie down. Return back to me, hundred percent. Yep. Shame can um, really mess with us. It can turn up as toxic. You can get neurotic syndromes from being shameful where you become really frightened of life and yourself. We can um, start to bind ourselves up with shame. I think it was Anais Nin who said, shame is the lie someone told you about yourself. And Carl Mm. Jung said, shame is the soul-eating emotion kind of erodes your capability of believing you can change but the minute you take that power back everyone else's eyes that you feel like are scrutinizing you it's like that falls away and you free yourself from that cage
0: and free up your energy system as well to really be used in a healthier way more and healthier way. in the
1: respect that you also will interact with others differently, your own children differently, yep. that concept that we treat others or try and manage in others what we can't manage within ourselves. And man, it is groundbreaking. Once you start to understand all of this about yourself, you'll be in a situation, work, friendships, meet somebody new, intimate relationship, and you'll start watching this in someone else, what you need to do is have compassionate awareness about whether or not this experience relationship group dynamic can function while there's so much discord around somebody's inner life or inner knowledge of themselves. And there are absolutely situations where it may not be capable between you and that person or that experience to heal it. And the best thing to do is say, I don't see a healthy way to navigate this with the current awareness. And we might just need to leave it there.
0: Yeah. After doing inner child work, I ended a few friendships actually, because I realized mm. that I was, what that I was repeating my patterns and they were all related back to my childhood and my relationship with my parents. And in adulthood, I'd found people who would help me run the script because it wasn't yeah. comfortable, but I knew my lines, you know, yeah. so it was comfortable in some way. Can take
1: a while way. and work those out. and then, be a hundred percent in. Oh my God.
0: And then I really <laughs> had to go, okay, some of these friendships, it's not you. It's, oh my God, it's not you.
1: It's me. I
0: have never meant this more. It is not you. It's me. I need to step back. Yeah.
1: This Mm. pattern, this experience does not work for all the parts in me and where I've been and where I need to go. And also I'm really sorry for like getting you involved in playing out
0: my melodrama that I've been playing out in our relationship for the last five years. Like not cool. Magnetics.
1: They're amazing. And also I think good to mention that Adult selves do that in the most compassionate, loving, positive, yes. neutralised way. And yep. sometimes that can be, this will be the last text that we send each yep. other. Not because I don't appreciate who you yep. are, but because there is really nothing more we can work through. between, Unless we go to the group therapy, <laughs> which probably isn't the reason we met. Yep. Um, that's just us done. And it's the difference you well. between... Yeah, yeah, you did this and you're a bitch and this is your fault yeah. and I lovingly release you and, and I take my power and back. And I'm going to to 70 other people no. and this to the truth around you back yeah. Um. so that I feel like my inner child is protected yeah. from this. It's, it's very just adult. The, but it is very rare to find two people who can do that together. Here it is. Train of fuck right on schedule. Okay, so we...
0: We want to. We're ready. We're like, mm. okay, inner child work. This is amazing. Let's do it. I'm ready to heal. I'm ready to call all the parts of myself back in. Mm. I'm ready to get in touch with the energy of of all of this. What do we do? Where do we start? And I just want to actually, as as I'm even saying this, I'm reading off my computer, and my computer has a picture of me as a four year old as the wallpaper screen because that's <laughs> one little thing I do every day to remember my inner child. She's right
1: there, and she's um she's got a big cheeky grin on her face. Once you get to know your little person, they have needs, they have wants, they have feelings, they have thoughts. And I say to people, take them out for a day or go and do a project with your inner child, like redesign something in your house, like paint a set of drawers or, you know, create a gift for somebody else. Um, ask them what movie they want to go and see. A lot of my clients end up doing craft. They're yeah. like,
0: I haven't done this since I was five years old. Did you ever do – it was like this weird craft that I did where you get like a copper plate and you push a picture into it and then you put plaster into it. Anyway, that was a thing when I was about six. So I went back and I copper plated and a lot of clients end up
1: – tap little tapestry. The Mandala book and say, the adult is There's not allowed coloring. to colour this book. It's the child. So each week a mandala happens from your inner child and it's coloured and put on the wall and we ask the inner child why they chose it to look like that. And maybe you could even explore one emotion per mandala. Because it's not about being childish, right? But it is about being childlike. Childlike. And playful. Yes, playful, (laughs) yes. Because we forget. And my teacher was so big on this. So, you know, he used to teach me out in fields and things and the big thing was you weren't allowed to be serious. He'd make people do the hokey pokey if he felt like they were doing it. So everyone was always joyful because they did not want to be the one out there in the hokey pokey. But you can also... Write a letter to your inner child, and get the inner child to write a letter to you. And we are going to put this in the universal yeah um, let's treasure put it chest. Up there. Um, creating your altar with your inner child, as we spoke about in the last podcast, is a really great thing. Choosing a book to read. Giving treats and
0: rewards as well, like with the adult still in charge, like you're not just filling her full of sugar and like, but like letting her have treats and rewards and joy and fun and pleasure. For sure. Putting the photo as well. A lot of the clients that I work with end up putting a photo just on their mirror that they look in every day when they check their outfit before they leave the house and they see her and talk to her. Um, And some really nice, like talking, getting rid of that script that you have in your head that you're a... You're dumb and switching it to the things that you wish your parents had been able to say to you. I love you. I hear you. I support you. I'm sorry. Thank you. I forgive you. I care for you. I don't feel like you can repeat that stuff to yourself
1: enough, quite frankly. No, that's absolutely true. At the end of the day, there has to be a day where you decide... Today's the day I am going to become a mature spiritual adult. I'm 100% fully responsible for my life, for who I'm with, for what I do, for how I become. And from this day forward, it's all my choice. So powerful. And I say to people, go and create a ritual. Make it your birthday. That sets up a beautiful new way of receiving Most of the time when somebody comes to me and they'll say, Lynette, I've been doing this healing work for years. I have been in recovery three times. It's not working. And I'll say, let's talk to little, because I'll tell you now, if little person can receive, if little person is not shameful, if they can be loved, if they are safe, they will absolutely find a way with adult you to make this work, and to keep you, it happening. You become the superhero of your you own life. You become the superhero of your own life. Lynette, I, I love this conversation. I'm so pleased to um, have been able to talk with you. swimming pool of ideas and concepts and, and compassion. And yeah, it's, and a, love. it's a compassionate space and it's an empowering journey. The inner child work is so empowering, and
0: that's that's kind of our wish, isn't it? That that you listening may be able to do this work and empower yourself.
1: Go on, give your inner child a hug. Oh, imagine the world could stop, and every adult self could give inner child self a hug. We should have inner child day. That's really awesome. should well, yeah national international inner child every day. day should be
0: inner child's day. Um, look for more information on how you can do this work yourself. Check out the show notes and check out the Universal Treasure Chest as well because there is some tools and techniques in there you can use to um contact your inner child. Enjoy. We support you. Yeah, support you. Looking forward to talking to you next time, Lynette. Namaste. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. The Woo-Wooverse is recorded and edited by our incredible super producer, Dan Zivkovic. We love him. And if this conversation has brought up anything for you, or if there's any extra work you've realized you want to do around this topic, then please know that you do not have to traverse the Woo-Wooverse alone. We encourage you to build a support team around you and to do what you need to do to take really good care of yourself because you're amazing. So be good to you.